2: Good morning!
1: It's time to wake up. It's 5 and
2: we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7 The Game. Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Steven Lightford on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game, leading you up until 6 o'clock as the morning roast will take you until 10. In honor of the Golden Globes, let's just jot down yesterday the worst performance of the 2020-2021 season so far goes to the Golden State Warriors when they played the Los Angeles Lakers. On February twenty eighth, as they fell 117 to 91 and move to nineteen and sixteen on the season. Over the weekend, they ended up beating the Charlotte Hornets, giving them their first three game win streak of the year. Now, we've been talking about it a lot of the season, and this is who they are at nineteen and sixteen. They are a team that hasn't won more than three games in a row. But they haven't lost more than three games in a row, so more often than not, they do bounce back. But you got a tough couple of games coming up. You're uh, you're going to play the Blazers on Wednesday, and then you got a back to back, and then the Suns on Thursday. And you're in Portland for uh, for the for the Wednesday matchup, and then you're on in Phoenix for the Thursday matchup. So you got a a tough couple of games before the All Star break, and then you go on to face the Clippers, the Jazz and then the Lakers yet again, and then you go on to face the Rockets. So really, we're just paying attention right now till what happens up until the 15th. 888 is the text line and the phone number. We also had a little baseball yesterday, and one of my favorite sound clips of the year already happened with the Nationals and the Cardinals when Jack Flaherty was on the mound. And the 1-1. Hey,
1: oh, hey. Angel Hernandez is in mid-season form. <laughs> yeah. Let's not make this game too fast, Angel.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, oh my gosh, Angel Hernandez. I can't wait. Can't wait for the season. Can't wait to come in here arguing about strike zones and how the umpire got the call wrong in this situation and that situation. But today I do want to talk a little bit just about this Warriors team overall because... Um, Steph Curry had some interesting comments just about who the Warriors are and how opponents um, are looking at them, and uh, I think that there is something to it. Also, uh, what's going to happen with Draymond Green as he left the game uh, late in the second quarter when they were down by, what, 26 points and they didn't bring him back into the game, and rightfully so. We had that moment earlier in the year where he looked like he had some sort of issue with his knee and then came back in the second half and looked fine. But, uh, yesterday we saw him limping in that game after, uh, going up for a block and then, uh, and subsequently left the game. But this loss to me as bad as it was, I mean, you do have to give the Lakers some credit for just how they came out right away. Um, You know, the Warriors didn't know what to do. They just kept on fouling early in the game. And the Lakers were knocking down their shots. Going into the second quarter, they were 5-6 of from 3 overall as a team. Pretty damn good. But after seeing this win on Friday over their Hornets, which was just a great win, um, you know, they obviously, Draymond Green felt the need that, To bring that energy and have that comeback victory with that 19 assist performance involved in that triple double. Uh, Just an unbelievable game. It was high paced. It was, uh, you know, Steph Curry drawing double teams. It felt like there was a combination of LaMelo Ball and P.J. Washington or LaMelo Ball and Miles Bridges, whoever it was that was just following around Steph, and it just led to some easy looks for Kelly Oubre getting some passes from Draymond Green, but also Draymond Green did make some pretty damn nice passes anyway when Steph wasn't using the gravity to bring over the double teams. But this loss to me, I'm not going to make too much of it. As bad as it was, I'm not going to make too much because if there was any thought in your mind that the Warriors uh, are a top five team, you know, heading into the season before Clay got hurt, it was totally understandable that, hey, maybe they can be a top five team. But seeing as how this has played out and seeing how they've performed against teams like you know the Bucks early on Christmas Day. That was a that was an awful game. That's the largest deficit they've had by far this season. How they've played against teams like the Nets. Um, I mean, they were down at one point by nineteen against the Lakers the first time they played them, and they managed to to come back and win. The Lakers obviously didn't forget about that, but the teams that they've beaten are teams that are really in the middle of the pack. For instance, you look at Indiana, they're 15 and 16 right now. The Knicks, they're 18 and 17, even though they're 14th or they're fourth in the Eastern conference. But I mean, if you look down the Eastern conference standings, uh, the heat, the Celtics, the Raptors, they're all at 17 and 17 right now, while the Hornets are at 16 and 17. So not many good teams there. And the Nets and the Bucs are within that top three. The way they played the Jazz, that was one of their worst losses of the season. Um, you know, They managed to beat the Clippers, but the Clippers were dominant for a lot of it. They've gotten beaten by the Suns. Look, this team right now is most likely, and I think that this game has, has just amplified it, but to me, this team is most likely going to be playing in that play-in tournament. And what that is is the teams that are ranked seventh through ten are gonna be involved. So, um the seventh and the eighth seed are gonna be playing uh they're gonna be playing a matchup so that uh whoever wins that one gets the seventh seed, and then the eighth and the uh or excuse me, the ninth and the tenth teams are going to be playing for that eighth seed. So you gotta, you're probably gonna be involved in the play in tournament. And that's fine. I think the I, I think that the We've come to terms with that. But this loss yesterday, I think, amplified it. And that's number one. Number two, I do think that Draymond Green, even though it was said that his ankle injury isn't too serious. That's what Steve Kerr had to say after the game. And we'll get to what Steve Kerr had to say coming up at about 520. But seeing what happened with Wiseman, seeing what happened with Looney. And the thought that, you know, we're going to reevaluate James Wiseman in the next 10 days after he got injured on January 30th, maybe he'll be back in a couple of weeks. Well, he didn't get back till, till toward the end of the month. And with Draymond, when I hear, yeah, it's not too bad. Well, not too bad to me when we're talking about injuries with this team, seeing how Steph and Clay have played out last year, not too bad to me, is saying, well, he's at least not out until the end of the season. We're not going to be dealing with any of that. I don't know how long he's going to be out, but the thing is, these next five games are absolutely crucial. Now, I don't really, even if you have two days of rest and you're going up against the Blazers in Portland on Wednesday... I wouldn't see too much of a point of even trying to play uh, Draymond in that game. Depending on what happens today, we'll get more word of it um, going forward, and and, and maybe some uh, a little dose of reality will hit us. And I and I just totally hope I'm wrong. Maybe he can come back in a couple of days, and it's not going to bother him. But um, with how the Blazers are hurt right now, there without CJ McCollum and without Yusuf Nurkic. I do think that playing Draymond Green in this next game, I don't see there being much of a point to it, but when you're going up against the teams that are with the likes of Phoenix, the Clippers, the Jazz, and the Lakers, you absolutely have a chance of going 1-4 and uh, coming up here, possibly putting yourself under five hundred. and it's right here in this crucial stretch of games. And last night... Look, they've been playing at such a high energy and... It's been a roller coaster of a season, right? Some games, they'll just look lost. Some games will be coming in here the next day saying, you know, they need to make these drastic changes. Uh, you know, what's happening with Brad Wanamaker was the story. Even after a win on Friday, we need to point the finger at somebody. Um, at first it was Kelly Oubre. Then a little bit in February was Draymond Green because there were three different games where, you know, toward the end, his antics might have led, uh, to a loss. But then, Now, I just felt like after last night, there's nothing drastic that needs to be said. You know, there's no moves that need to be made just because of this loss. Now, granted, I do think in that second unit, um, I do think Andrew Wiggins only having three points on the night. I do think that that's an issue, and that's something uh, that's been an underlying issue with that second unit is just the lack of scoring from him and Pascal uh, both consistently because you're not going to be getting it from the other guys in that second unit. But that's the only takeaway I had from last night's loss as far as the issues that have been in, uh, have been falling this team for the past couple of weeks. Triple eight, nine five seven, nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. Of course, Steph didn't look comfortable. He only had 16 points on uh, 13 shots. He was 2 of 7 from the three-point line. And when you look at the Hornets and their win on Friday, and I mentioned there was just a combination of LaMelo and either P.J. Washington or Miles Bridges going after Seth at the three-point line, leaving room for a wide-open Kelly Oubre to make a dunk, as Kelly Oubre had a fantastic night that night as well. But you're going up against a lot of those younger players. These veteran teams that you're going to see, and this is actually where Portland kind of scares me a little bit, these veteran teams that you're going to be going up against um, with the teams like the Blazers, the Suns, Um, the Lakers and the Clippers, they have enough time to watch some film on the Warriors and study how it's going because this game last night, you clearly saw that LeBron being one of the best defenders in the NBA, one of the greatest players of all time, he knows his stuff, right? He knows his bleep. He understands. I would say a swear word there, but I can't. He knows his bleep. He understands what kind of moves they're trying to make. He understands that they're moving Steph Curry off ball, possibly leaving a room for wide-open dunks by Oubre or Green and trying to get it maybe to the corner to Wiggins. He understood all that, and their defense was stout yesterday, and you compare that to Friday night where the Hornets just looked lost with how quick the pace of that game was. Um, The Lakers slowed it down, and they had the Warriors... Playing at their tempo, the Warriors were playing at their own tempo on Friday night. So the juxtaposition of those two games, I think you can see the difference, and I think that you can come to the conclusion that this team is most likely going to be involved in that play-in tournament, whether it's in the seventh, the eighth, and ninth, or the tenth seed. I don't really, I, I don't see them actually being uh, so far as tenth because there are plenty of te- plenty other teams that are worse, but. The second half of the season, you never know what can happen. The Mavs could uh, completely improve, um, even though they're sixteen and sixteen on the year. The Grizzlies are fifteen and fifteen. They were without John Morant for a couple of weeks. The Pelicans, they're fourteen and nineteen right now, and they've lost two straight. And they're three of seven in their last ten. Um, so you know, the Kings, the Rockets, the Timberwolves—they don't scare anybody. But all of those teams from five through 10 the Spurs the Blazers the Nuggets the Warriors the Mavs and the Grizzlies I think the Warriors are going to be right there along with them Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero 957 9570 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything today but coming up next Steve Kerr head coach spoke after the game and he had some thoughts on just the overall game and and what to make of it Plus, he had an update with Draymond Green and his ankle. So we'll get to that next. 888 9570 Happy 1st of March, everybody. Thanks for joining me on this Monday. 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. I mean, John Curley. this guy, he's unbelievable. If you ever meet John Curley, he's the nicest person you'll ever meet. and He'll write up your day, make you feel good about yourself. But my goodness, this dude. 888 You can catch him on the morning rose coming up from 6 to 10, everybody. Uh, <laughs> Trust me, his laugh will make you day. day. Uh, for the 510, shout out to Doobie in Chicago. I'm going to use this as a cheap plug. Might as well. Right Raider podcast last week, nice guy. Looking forward to a possible guest on this week's episode. Yes, that is from Doobie in Chicago, and if you want to check that one out, Black Hole Sundays is the Raider podcast that I've been doing for uh, a majority of the season now, and on Friday I tried to pretend to be a salary cap expert when I'm not, so hopefully hopefully I'll be able to get a guest on and... Uh, and uh, try to break down some stuff. But uh, I think some moves are going to be made with that team. And if you're a Raider fan, this roster is not going to be looking the same. But again, Black Hole Sundays, check it out. You can catch it under the pregame show umbrella. So wherever you find this podcast, you can catch that one. Go to radio.com or wherever you get your podcast. But we did have a Warrior game last night. From the 707, this is interesting. I hope these Dre haters, this is from Mikey Dubs, I hope these Dre haters see how the Warriors play without him this week. At least we got the break coming up. See, that's the thing. That's the thing that that looms large over the Draymond stuff. It's that, you know, after that game against the Hornets, not this past Friday, which was just a terrific comeback game, and the energy that he brought bringing 19 assists and, you know, just them making the Hornets look like fools at times – Um, No, I'm talking about the one on Saturday previous to that. You know, people are saying, you know, you need a bench Draymond. Oh, Steve Kerr needs to take him out for a game or two. But the value of Draymond Green, we really won't know what it truly is until he's gone. Now, if you're watching the game on the court, you do know what it is. You could see that he is, um, you know, Kerr kind of compared him to LeBron James after that game against the Hornets and not necessarily the skill set, but the way that those two guys are leaders of their team and the, they direct the, everyone on offense or defense. Yeah, they're similar in that sense. And... We don't know how long Draymond is uh, going to be out for. Um, uh, 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 Kerr said that you know it's not too bad. Um, so what that means? Not too bad. Pretty vague. Uh, you know, he had that game a couple of games ago. I, I can't remember which one, but he was limping in the first half, and he we were. I mean, we're thinking, oh no, you know that knee it kind of buckled, and we're thinking, oh. Like, if he's out, then what are we going to do? But then he came back in the second half, and he seemed fine. Well, yesterday, toward the end of the second quarter, after going up for a block, he came up limping, and he didn't come back in in the second half. And there really was no need to. They were down by 29, and the game seemed to be just completely lost at that point, and the Lakers were just taking advantage. And, you know, seeing LeBron on the bench, just laughing. You know, with his bare feet, icing his knees, joking around with the players. I mean, sometimes it's just like, damn, I hate seeing that. <laughs> you know, you know, I love LeBron. You know, I think he's great. And I don't ever want to I, I, – I think that the conversations about who the greatest players of all time is and whatever, it gets really tired. And what I know is he's the greatest player of this generation. But seeing him laughing on the bench – as the Warriors are getting blown out, just sucks. I hate that. Um, but Steve Kerr, he did speak about a variety of things, including Draymond Green after the game. But first and foremost, let's just hear from Kerr on what went wrong in this loss last night.
1: Oh, we, we were just never in the game. I mean, right from the beginning, uh, we were fouling fouling them like crazy. I think they had 16 free throws in the first quarter uh, 26, maybe in the first half, if I'm not mistaken. And then we got destroyed on the boards and we turned it over. I mean, we had no chance from the, from the very beginning, we weren't ready to play. And, and, uh, and they came out and, and played a great game. So, just a very disappointing night overall.
2: And you got to give them credit because they're not a very good—they're uh, not a very good three-point scoring team. And they were overall six of nine from three. And Kerr was absolutely right. They shot sixteen free throws in that first half. So you make six. That's uh, that's 18 points. You make the 13 free throws. That's 31. You put up 31 points in the first quarter. You know you're doing something right. And, of course, they uh, blew out the Warriors 41-21 to 21 in that first quarter. Um, but right from the get-go, you could just tell defensively they understood what the Warriors were going to do. And LeBron, I think LeBron circled this game. I do. After they lost... Uh, by 19 points. I mean, hell, Anthony Davis brought it up the game after. I can't remember who they beat, but he said in his post-game presser that, you know, that loss to the Warriors really stung us, so we came out with some energy tonight. So I think LeBron circled this game, and if there was going to be anybody who he was watching tape on, any team that he needed to study, it would be the Warriors so that he could stop them and really embarrass them. I'm not going to make too much of this game because the Lakers are a good team. You know, they're going to be involved in the top three, top four, whatever it is going toward the end of the season, and they're really at that point where, kind of like the Warriors, they're just waiting till playoffs come around so they can really switch it on. Uh, But they're still a damn good basketball team, and I think in this one um, they really did switch it on. And we'll get to what Steph had to say uh, a little later on because he mentioned something that I just don't think uh, we as Warrior fans um continue to think about. But uh Steve Kirk continued and he just mentioned that tonight was it really a letdown, Steve, or you know, did you know it was gonna be a letdown?
1: Uh no, none at all. You know, coming in here, having won three in a row, feeling pretty good about things, you know, everybody in good spirits. So that this was uh very, very surprising for me. But um uh, I've been in the league long enough to know too that uh there's going to be a handful of games every year that uh, are sort of inexplicable, and this is one that you uh, you don't spend too much time on. You, uh, you flush the toilet and you, you move on.
2: It's not inexplicable to me. You know, maybe the way the Warriors played was inexplicable because they just didn't look like the Warriors that have won the last three and they didn't look comfortable all night, but... It's not inexplicable the way they perform because, again, they're just right now, if anything, at the highest, they might be a sixth seed, maybe a fifth. You know, a fifth is really stretching it. But right now, they haven't won or haven't lost three straight, but they haven't won three straight until this previous game on Friday against the Hornets. So that, to me, is an indication that right now they are a play-in team, you know, possibly from seven all the way through 10, whatever it is, um, they are a play-in team, possibly a six seed if they maybe go on a little win streak. Um, but the top four, it seems like they're already sealed. They're already uh, in the 20s right now. The the Jazz, the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Suns, they are just, you know, they're the talk of the league, actually. I mean, the Sixers are leading the Eastern Conference. They're 22-12. and 12. Um, That'd be good enough to be the fifth seed right now in the Western Conference. So that just shows how good they are. But so the Spurs, the Blazers, the Nuggets, the Warriors, the Mavs, and the Grizzlies, I think that's the kind of tier that the Warriors are in right now. So to me, the game wasn't inexplicable. We've seen them perform well against those teams that are toward the middle of the pack, and we have seen them struggle for the most part, against teams that are toward the top of their respective standings, whether it's in the Western Conference or the Eastern Conference. Uh, But Steve Kerr continued, and he talked about his issues with the fouling in this game and getting the Lakers to the free throw line.
1: Yeah, we had gotten uh, much better with that over uh, recent weeks. And um, so it was disappointing to kind of go down that hole again. And it, it started right from the very beginning. We reached... Um, on one of the first plays of the game, on a drive, and uh, and they they had shot, I think, you know, ten free throws by the time the first timeout came, and felt like anyway. So um, you know, that was uh, that was just disappointing because you know we've we've talked ad nauseum about defending without fouling and and rebounding and taking care of the ball, and uh, we didn't do any of those things tonight.
2: And at some point. You know, you could look at the refs, and um, last night I, I did think that they were letting some calls go. As a matter of fact, so uh, the Warriors just looked stifled, and and that's what happens. You tend to foul, you you overplay some of these guys on defense, and you reach in too much, or or you just feel like there's no other option but to foul them in these games whenever they're getting to the hoop. I mean, you know, it's tough when you know Dennis Schroeder came back and. He's one of the better sixth men as far as just getting to the hoop. He's really, really good at that. And you, you know, you saw Wiseman get out by, uh, get beat out by him a couple of times. But Kerr continued. Is this one that you want to look back on, or is this one where you just want to burn the tape, so to speak?
1: Toss it, toss it. Uh, but I think what we have to uh, really convey to the players is this is three straight games, I believe, with twenty plus turnovers. Uh, and we've been a very good team overall this year in terms of turnovers, and um, so that you know we've we've the, the message is you know we got to start taking care of the ball again. Three straight games like that, and then there's no way we can go back to being a high foul team and and expect to be any good. So uh, we need to clean that up before the
2: Portland game. And to close this one out, they do have Portland and Phoenix before uh, going into the break. That's going to be on Wednesday and then the Thursday. Uh, But just to close this out, here's Steve Kerr just talking about how they will approach the All-Star break as a team.
1: I think everybody's looking forward to the All-Star break, and everybody will benefit from it uh, across the league. But, you know, it's not time for the All-Star break. We've got two games coming up, and um, we will get plenty of rest the next couple of days and then we've we've got a very important game in portland that we've got to prepare for and that's that's our
2: focus and the one thing that we don't want to hear when we got Draymond Green coming up is that he needs to be reevaluated hopefully we'll hear the words that he will be ready after the all-star break because that's going to start off a tough stretch of games and you do run the possibility i mean shoot if you don't beat portland portland uh, on wednesday not going to call it a must win because you're not in the playoffs just yet. But when you're 19 and 16 right now, you do run the risk of possibly going under 500 after you face the Lakers on the 15th and you go on to face the Rockets because it is a tough five-game stretch that you got coming up. alright five seven nine five seven zero. Steph Curry had some comments, and I'll play them for you next. But do you agree with him? Do teams still give the Warriors their best shot, even though the Warriors clearly aren't that championship team that they once were? But Steph Curry, he believes otherwise. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. Stephen Lankford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game.
1: Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's
2: Stephen Langford. Oh, yeah. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything today, as per usual. Whew. I mean, we've been talking Warriors for this first half hour. It's going to be nice to start talking uh, a little bit of baseball. And, you know, one of my favorite sound clips of the day, not of the day, of the month. I mean, I'm not going to say the sound clip of the year just yet. We still got a long way to go. But this came from the Nats versus the Cardinals in the top of the first when manager Angel Hernandez was behind the plate and Jack Flaherty clearly threw what was a strike, but Angel Hernandez did not call it.
1: And the 1-1. Hey. Oh. Angel Hernandez is in mid-season form. <laughs> Let's not make this game too fast, Angel.
2: That's that's such a that's such a good saying. Just already in midseason form. It's the top of the first in the first spring training game. Angel Hernandez already in midseason form. Amazing. It's one of those sports cliches which I love. Oh, uh, that's right up there with oh, that's a souvenir for a lucky fan. Even though we haven't had fans in the stands for a while, it was said when there were cardboard cutouts in the stands at one point. Whenever baseballs would hit them. Got to get that glove up. Triple Eight, nine five seven, nine five seven zero from the six five zero. I believe two, I believe teams do give us their best shot simply because all of those years of dominance and taking the souls during that time. The whole fourth quarter, uh, can't see the text as it was continued there, but really what the six five zero is talking about is whether these teams give them their best shot because of those championship years and i do believe that that lakers game yesterday the they they had that one circled cuz the Warriors came back from 19 points and even Anthony Davis mentioned the game after whoever the Lakers played the game following it, but the Lakers won and Anthony Davis said the Warriors, uh, that Warriors game was a motivating factor because that 19 point loss or that night, that loss coming back after they were up by 19 points, um, it hurt them. So clearly that still lingered into this game. That's no surprise with the, with the Lakers. You know, I mean, it's LeBron. If LeBron is going to be going up against Steph Curry, that's that one dude that he always wants to beat. And, I mean, you saw how easygoing Steph was at the time. There was a moment, I think it was in the fourth quarter, maybe toward the end of the third, but I think it was the fourth, where Alphonso McKinney is taking a free throw, and Clay is clearly trash-talking, trying to heckle him a little bit. Steph's just laughing, looks chill. You know, they're down by 20. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> we'll, we'll get them next time. But Steph did have something interesting to say after the game, and he also had something else that kind of slipped under the radar. But um, he, wa- he was talking about the lessons from this game, and he mentioned something that Draymond reminded the team at halftime. Here's Steph talking about uh, whether teams are giving them their best shot.
0: I think the biggest thing, Draymond said it, a little bit at halftime, we have to remember that even when we're playing well, we won three in a row, you know, teams still want to beat us and beat us bad. (laughs) they still have, you know, a lot of memories from the last five, six years. So I think a lot of that is you have to, against the really good teams, those uh, disciplines that you, that separate a good team from a great team have to show up. Uh, Kara, that's at the beginning. Like we've done a great job of not fouling teams. And then you get the best defense in the, in the league, you know, set uh, possessions and easy points. And they they thrived off of that and they brought a little bit more energy in the first quarter. So those little things um, that we can control, can't control makes and misses every night, but you can control uh, being smart defensively, not fouling. You can control your energy and your effort and your competitiveness. And we've done a, a really good job of that. And all of a
2: sudden tonight, we didn't have any of it. So shows sure in the school. So that's interesting there. That's interesting. And I want to know from you, triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero the text line and the phone number. Do you believe that? Do you believe that every team is still giving the Warriors their best shot? Because I think that is an intangible, we don't pay attention to too much. That's what I was wondering about the 49ers this year. The 49ers, they absolutely dominated everybody during the regular season in 2019. And I do think there is a factor of, wow, that team was great the season previous. They're a new team this next year. We got to beat them up. But it's not just the Warriors. I think that this is going to loom large for the rest of the time that Steph Clay and Dre are on the team. It's never going to stop because they were dominant. <laughs> they were dominant from 2015 on. And I really think that we're looking at it maybe, oh, they're talking about just this season. I don't know about next year. But as long as Steph, Dre, and Clay are a part of this Warriors squad, there's always going to be some sort of target on their back, so to speak, Because these other guys were just dominated by him. Now, sure, these young, up-and-coming teams, uh, they don't really know what it's like. I mean, you know, you look at the Mavs, and you look at the Grizzlies, you look at the Pelicans. The Pelicans were a totally different team when the Warriors were playing them in the playoffs, right? They had, you know, they had Drew Holiday and... Anthony Davis, and those guys aren't on the team anymore. And, you know, you had a couple other guys as well, but the Pelicans are a new-look team. Maybe Steven Adams uh, on that squad. He has some sort of vendetta against them. Uh, But the Grizzlies and the Mavs, those teams, they're too young to know what it was like to get beat up uh, by that Warriors squad. But when you're talking about every team in the Western Conference that's in the top eight, when you're talking about the Jazz, the Lakers... The Clippers, the Suns, the Spurs, the Blazers, and the Nuggets. Those are, that's every team that's ahead of Golden State right now. They absolutely are going to give them their best shot. Absolutely. And when it's on the big stage, when it's on ESPN on Sunday night, and the only thing that you are competing against is the Golden Globes. A lot of people are going to be watching basketball and want to tune in to watch Steph versus LeBron. And so, for a fact, I mean, the Lakers, no doubt, I mean, LeBron, you know, I can guarantee you that some of these losses were just due to them maybe not caring as much as they need to. Maybe kind of using them as look-ahead games, so to speak, right? But this one, I can guarantee you he had it circled on the calendar, but that's also what it's like for the rest of these teams. Especially in the Western Conference in the top eight because each one of them has a variation of veterans that got beat up by this Warriors squad. And so that might put them at a little bit of a disadvantage. But we saw what happened on Friday when you got these new players, these young guys. I mean, LaMelo Ball, P.J. Washington, Miles Bridges, they didn't know how to guard the Warriors. The reason why Draymond had 19 assists, I mean, some of them were damn good. And, you know, even, um, I mean, not without Steph Curry on the floor, but even if Steph wasn't just drawing double teams for a lot of that first quarter, I think Draymond still would have been in the double digits and assist, but you got to give Steph a lot of credit for those because they didn't know how to guard him. The Lakers, they did, and they clearly studied and understood uh, what to do. But, Steph had some interesting comments as well after, and we'll get to more of your text. 888 9570 the text line and the phone number. Uh, if you want to weigh in, do the Warriors still have the quote-unquote target on their back looming from those championships in the past decade? 888 9570 But here's Steph giving his thoughts on the season as a whole.
0: We've been average and... Uh... We've been playing better as of late, turning in the right direction before tonight. Uh, but our confidence is high and, and our resiliency has always been there. So I feel like, uh, some of our losses have been tough to swallow because they've been like tonight and some of our, you know, big wins have been kind of exhilarating and, uh, playoff type atmospheres and, and, and emotions. But second half of the season, well, hopeful. Well, we got a big game Wednesday, so I won't get too ahead of myself, but got to close. These last two on the right foot get rejuvenated over the break and nothing's really lost in terms of where we want to be in our in the seating and the chase to solidify us, you know, solid playoff position.
2: But these last two games, I think the difference and, and you know, we can even take the, the previous three wins. Um these last three I think, show who the Warriors uh, can be against these teams that are toward the middle of the pack. But I also think that this game against the Lakers also showed who they were. And and listen right at the beginning. Listen right at the beginning with his thoughts on who they are as a team so far going into the All-Star break after these next two games.
0: We've been average, and uh, we've been playing
2: better as of late, turning in the right direction. But there you go. Average... Been playing better as of late. They did start off slow. I mean, Steph was only shooting uh, barely 32% from three in the first 10 games, actually heading into uh, that Laker game. And then ever since then, everything changed. But that win on Friday, how well they played against the Hornets and just how quick they picked up the pace. And I mentioned this earlier, but the tempo, they controlled the tempo of the game. We use that in football all the time. Right? Whenever a team is using the the clock to their advantage, they got time of possession, they're running the football, they're getting first downs on every single drive, they're uh, continuing to keep um they're they're continuing to keep their defense off the field and keep them fresh. They're controlling the tempo of the game. That's what I think happened with the Warriors and the Hornets on Friday, and that's what happened in the Lakers when yesterday they dictated the tempo of the game they didn't let the Warriors play too fast they didn't let you know Draymond Green for as long as he was in there uh you know he only he left the game late in the second quarter but uh they didn't let Draymond Green constantly take the ball up just make one pass and boom he really made the the LeBron and the Lakers really made them think but I do think there is something to this whole notion that Teams still think about that, right? I mean, let's look at Superbad. Superbad, great movie. It's a fantastic movie. Watched it recently. And it's one of those ones where if you haven't seen it in a long time, then you need to watch it again just so you can remember how funny it is. But there's that moment where Jonah Hill goes out to meet Michael uh, uh, What was it, turn P.E.? They're playing soccer. You got James Franco's little brother, Dave Franco, making one of his first movie appearances ever, and he's telling Michael Sarah, can you actually play some soccer, man, blah, 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 and then Michael Sarah goes, calm down, Greg, it's soccer, okay? It's soccer. And then Jonah Hill says, hey, Greg, why don't you go pee your pants again like you did in third grade? (laughs) Then Dave Franco's like, that was eight years ago, bleephole. People don't forget. That's the line. People don't forget. Super bad knowledge. I got it, but it happens. Ooh, we're getting some text here. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Whew! I mean, there's a, there's a lot of text here. I can't. It's hard to read. I'm like a good reader, but I'm getting a lot of text. Uh, from the four one five. Oh my goodness, this is a long one. All right, it's the big stage. That's why playoff experience is so valued. If they, oh my goodness, there's just two. That's a lot of continuing text to read. Uh, Oh my goodness. Wow, that's a lot. Sheesh, you texted a long time. <laughs> oh man, from the 415. I'm trying to read this through here. I'm trying to read through these texts. I'm trying to decipher it. My goodness, it's like a hieroglyphic. <sighs> I can't even read this, but really he's talking about how the playoff experience is what got them to this point, And that's why they still do have a target on their back is because of the way that they just dominated these teams uh, in the early on series is pretty much what this guy is saying. But, man, I think – and from the five one zero, you do make a good point. I can't imagine the younger guys getting motivated thinking they could beat the best shooter of all time. That's certainly there with Doncic. You know LaMelo – has that for him but also these younger guys they just don't understand they don't understand now sure Steph Curry might have revolutionized the game of basketball sure he he started this whole well if you take more three-pointers and you can knock them down then the value of the three-pointer is much higher than the two-pointer and you know That Nuggets game against, uh, who was it, the Wizards uh, earlier in the week when Jamal Murray um, was triple teamed essentially and three of his teammates were wide open and they're standing behind the three-point line instead of cutting into the basket. That's what the NBA is now, and, NBA, and, and Steph Curry did that, uh, uh, did that type of thing, and he's part of the reason why it is like that. But the way that Steph Curry moves off ball, the way that Draymond Green passes the ball, And now that the team is starting to get used to moving off ball and Kelly Oubre is not just standing in the corner waiting uh, to get the ball in his hands and possibly dribble drive to the hoop and cause a foul or just put up a contested three. No, it's no longer like that. But still, these younger guys haven't seen the way that Steph Curry moves off ball. These veterans have. And when you're going forward these next five games... The Blazers and the Suns, that's coming up on Wednesday and Thursday. Then you got the Clippers after the All-Star break, so that's going to be on the 11th uh, on the Thursday. Then you're going to be back home against the Jazz. You have a couple of days off there, and then it's going to be a back-to-back at home um, with the Jazz, then the Lakers on that Monday. That five-game stretch, those teams are definitely teams that you circle the Warriors for you know the Suns the Suns (laughs) the Suns would get embarrassed by the Warriors during the regular season Devin Booker included Devin Booker was an absolute stud but he didn't have a team built around him now he's got that team built around him you think the Suns don't want to kick the crap out of the Warriors before the all-star break especially with the disrespect headed towards Devin Booker with the all-star game heading into it oh You know that he's going to want to perform. Whatever his points are, take the over. Whatever his shots are, take the over. Um, But I do also think this from Friday night, and this is something that we can lock in. Think of how those teams were in the past, the ones that Steph Curry is talking about, the championship teams that where the target is on their back because of those championship teams. Think about where we were at on Friday night. I don't know about you but i was absolutely locked into that hornets game maybe it was it had to do with you know draymond on on saturday night and the way that they lost to the hornets there was some intrigue there and i wanted to see that but mostly locked in on that night because these are the types of games that the warriors need to win on those friday nights when the warriors would play the hornets you know before uh before 2019 from those championship years. I mean, it's a Friday night in the regular season. I mean, I had to come in and talk about it the next day on the Saturday uh, uh, with Whitey Gleason. Shout out to him. That was a fun show, but I was absolutely locked in because every single game matters in the regular season. Think about it beforehand (laughs) on a Friday night. Warriors, Warriors, Hornets. Sure. We, I mean, we're in a pandemic now, so it's a little different where, where we most, for the most part have to stay home, but Beforehand, if it's a Friday night and the Warriors are playing the Hornets, you know, I'm, I'm watching it, but I'm not as locked in as I was. And now, with the way that the Warriors are playing, you're locked into every single game. You know, the Blazers during the regular season and Warriors pass... It would have the intrigue there because there's Dame Lillard, and Dame Lillard always has his best games against his hometown team, it feels like, even though he's been playing at an MVP level this entire season. So there was always something there. But Warriors playing the Suns before the All-Star break? Eh. You know, beforehand? I would have been like, eh, you know, I think the Warriors, there's a good chance that they're uh, probably going to take a playoff, you know, play at 80%, not exert all their energy. They're just waiting for the All-Star break uh, to go on vacation for a week. But now, you're locked into every single game, and I do think that what Steph Curry is mentioning to bring it back full circle is that when these guys do have a target on their back, it does add something. It adds an element to these games. 888 From the 925, nice guy, I already knew you were going to use that reference. I even tweeted you. That's from Ernie, my guy. Yeah, you know me a little too well at this point, Er Er Ernie. You knew I was going to be using that. People don't forget. People don't forget. Shout out to Jota Hill and Dave Franco. Uh, From the 831, not the Warriors. Steph, Clay, and Dre won three championships. Merits on the team are high. If you play a crappy team, you prepare as such. Whew. Uh, look right now what we saw on Friday and what we saw on Sunday it's just the perfect metaphor for the season. you know you're gonna be beating these teams that are kind of the middle of the pack hovering around 500 but when push comes to shove and you you got to play these teams that are within the top four they're gonna struggle a little bit because the second unit, again, didn't look great. Eric Paschal was really, really aggressive, but they were doing it in garbage time when the game was out of reach and the Lakers were done and LeBron James is taking off his shoes, you know, icing his knees on the bench, laughing it up with all of his Laker friends. (laughs) like I'm watching that on the screen I'm like dude I hate that I hate seeing that I love LeBron no disrespect I don't disrespect LeBron at all I think he's one of he's the greatest of all time of this generation at least but <laughs> the dude the dude sitting on the bench with his bare feet icing his knees just laughing it up not even paying attention to the game no from the 510 nice guy did you see Keenan Thompson play Lavar Ball on SNL uh on Saturday night live it is great that's bad guy bob from San Jose Keenan Thompson uh been doing that thing forever um just to put a bow on this conversation, what the schedule is looking like going forward, you got the Blazers, then you got the Suns, you have the All Star Break, and then you have the Clippers, the Jazz, and the Lakers. Then after that you go on to face the Rockets. So really it's these next six ge- or these next five games that we're paying attention to. Um the Blazers, they're gonna be without uh CJ McCollum and Yusuf Nurkic, uh, that is for certain. They still need to be reevaluated. I am slightly worried about Draymond Green, though you know heard it was not too bad that's what Steve Kerr uh, tried to remind us after the game but seeing what happened with Wiseman and Looney Wiseman got hurt on January 30th and we didn't know when he'd be back he didn't get back until the the late 20s in February we thought he was only going to be out for maybe a couple of weeks there wasn't much concern there and you know, maybe there was something to him wanting his wrist to be at a hundred percent so that he could come back in and, and, and play at a high level. And it could be a little difference with Draymond. You know, Draymond, um, could have a little soreness in that ankle and he still might play because of the importance to his team. But I am slightly worried about that until I get word from the team, which will most likely come out today. And, uh, and we'll see if he plays in the next couple of games, possibly against the Blazers and the Suns, but, Maybe this uh, All-Star break is coming at a good time. Uh, the Giants did have a spring training game yesterday, and spring training got started. It's just great uh, seeing spring training again and seeing commentators just absolutely crush Angel Hernandez when it's the top of the first with the Cardinals versus the Nationals. And the 1-1.
1: Hey, oh, hey, oh. Angel Hernandez is in season form. <laughs> Let's not make this game too fast, Angel.
2: Hey, but Gabe Kapler said there's some positivity with Buster Posey. That was his takeaway of the game, was how good that Buster Posey looked. (sighs) Just can't wait for the regular season at this point. You know? Excited to see Marco Luciano, Elio Ramos, Patrick Bailey, uh, maybe get a few at-bats, but um, Hunter Bishop as well. But overall, I just want the regular season to start. I hate spring training month. Uh, Brian Windhorst at 735, Matt Barnes at 815, and Michael Thompson at 850. They're all coming up with the morning roast with Kate Scott, Joe the Butcher Boy Shasky, and Bonte Hill. Thanks so much for joining me, everyone. I'll be back tomorrow at 5 a.m., 95, 7 The Game.